Amen. Amen. Good morning to everybody. Yeah. I think I've got a life-changing message today. Are you ready for it? I think I've got steps to victory here. To open your eyes. To see where you're at on your journey. I really do. Have you ever felt inspired by somebody and seeing them do something or, and, and you feel like, oh, I wish I could do that or I'd really like to be like them. Um, my son was like that. He used to watch Wayne play on the piano and when he was a youngster, a real toddler, some, actually still in nappies. And Wayne used to play at church and lead the worship and then go home and practice and we had an upright piano in the house. And he just wanted to play piano. And he would sit there with his... Because it was really hot in South Africa, so sometimes he would just sit there with his nappy on and just bang. And then as he grew a bit, then Wayne would turn the stool around and he'd sit behind him and he'd copy one hand and copy the other and Wayne would do the pedals and so it would go and, and he'd copy and grow. And then I, I used to teach the kids scriptures... See, and I said to him, Andrew, now you know who it is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he used to say, I can. I can do. I can do. But he used to skip off. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when there was a time when Wayne could teach him to play chords, because Wayne doesn't read music. And so he taught him this, this far, and then... Andrew would shove his hands off and he'd say, I can do, I can do, because he was just little. And we saw the potential in Andrew and we said, come on, we're going to send him for some lessons. So sent him off and he, he learned to do the grades, classical and then jazz. And you see, we are in this process as well. We grow, don't we? We're growing in our spiritual walk from glory to glory. Sometimes we're like Andrew, stubborn, I can do. But we all need to learn. We all need to be discipled. We all need mentoring. We all need tutoring. And as Wayne put it, we all need to be an apprentice. Miracles are happening. We can go from glory to glory. God has no problem whatsoever locating you to do great things for him, bring big victories in your life, in the lives of others. He knows your potential better than you do. He sees your destiny in him, and it's an amazing one. It's a really good one. And God can make your ordinary into extraordinary in the most unorthodox ways. But you need to do life together with him and in him. My message this morning is called From Wine Press to Warrior. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story of, of Gideon. Gideon is found in Judges 6 and 7. The Midianites in that day, they oppressed the Israelites horribly. For seven years, in fact, they starved the Israelites. They would come in. They would destroy their crops. They'd st uh, steal their livestock. And for fear of their lives, these Israelites would run to the hills. And they actually built caves out of the hillside. And this is where they lived, in fear, in hiding. 
And Israel had fallen into sin, and they'd fallen into idolatry, and they were suffering. They were suffering big time. And they decided, we've suffered enough, and we're going to call out to God for deliverance. And Steve preached on this verse quite powerfully. He said, we are to call to God, and he'll answer us. And this is what they did. Call to me, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things which you don't know. And as they called, God answered. But more often than not, God answers us in our struggles by using us, you and me, to bring answers, to help others, to help sometimes yourself. He uses you. God looked for an ordinary person to do extraordinary, someone who could only do extraordinary because of an extraordinary God. Gideon was just the sort of man. God had in mind for Gideon the most amazing big assignment. God decided to use Gideon to deliver Israel. Before I just dig into the relevance, you could say, of Gideon to us for today, I want to just go into the picture part of Gideon, because there might be some people here that don't know the story of Gideon. So I'll give you some highlights of, of his life. An angel of the Lord is sitting under a tree, watching Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press. The angel of the Lord tells Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. I want to use you to deliver Israel. Gideon is really unsure about this. And he asks God for lots of signs. And he wants leading. He wants to know, is this the right path? Is he going to deliver Israel? A time came when he blew his horn. And men gathered together to form an army. There was 132,000 Midianites against 35,000 of the uh, Israelites that were going to go into battle. And God then told Gideon, he says, I want you to reduce the army. Those who are in fear, they need to go. We were down now to 10,000. Then he said, those that don't lap the water like I quite want them to, I want you to get rid of those as well. And so Gideon stood with an army of 300 men, against 135,000 of the Midianites. Remember, they were starving as well, so they were perhaps weak. He, he asked for more confirmation. He asked for fleeces from God. He put out this fleece at night, and he said, God, in the morning, if it's, if it's dry and the ground is wet, I'll know it's you. And then the next night, he put out the fleece. He said, if the fleece is dry in the morning and the ground is all Wait, then I'm sure it'll be you. And God confirmed the word to him and said, yep, that's me. God even allowed Gideon to overhear the Midianites' dream that, yes, Gideon, you will overthrow the Midianites. So Gideon, full of God confidence, he went into the battle with his 300 men. They were holding torches inside clay jars in one hand, horns in another, and at the right moment they shouted out and blew their horns and said, for the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And the Midianites were totally confused, 
turned their swords on each other and killed each other. What an amazing victory. I would have loved to have been there to see that. Let's talk about Gideon the man, shall we? Gideon the man. When we think of Gideon, his life can probably be misrepresented. He could be seen as a coward, someone who's hiding. We've always heard about Gideon hiding, but actually that's not who God saw. God located Gideon for an assignment. He was a humble man. He was a God-fearing leader. He was a mighty man. He was a fearless man, a warrior, a hero. If you read in chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Gideon wasn't hiding. He was hiding wheat. In amongst the suppression, God located a clever man. He was a risk taker. He was a faith man. He wasn't hiding himself. He was hiding the wheat in a winepress, threshing wheat in an awkward place. Gideon was fearless because he stood his ground. When everyone else had run to the hills to hide, Gideon looked for an out-of-the-box way to feed his family. Gideon was found as a faithful man, a responsible man in the eyes of God. He refused to bow to the pressures of idol worship. He chose rather to keep asking God for a word, for a sign, to know that he was on the right path. He wanted to be led by God. And Gideon's confidence grew in God and in who Gideon really was. Gideon went from wine press to warrior. Do you ever feel frustrated with life? Does every day feel like to you like you're beating wheat hidden in a wine press? Do you feel unnoticed? You want to get ahead. You want to change in your job. You're wanting to achieve new goals, but you feel like you're trapped. Gideon is mentioned in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews, but he didn't start as a hero. He started his life as a farmer in a wine press. Farmer first, warrior, military leader, and then judge. Here's a picture for you of what the wine press would have looked like. See, it's, it's cut out of stone and it's slightly below ground level. And the grapes would have been put in there and they would have walked on them, stomped on them to create the juice which would have gone down into the hole. As you can see, in contrast to the where they're doing, uh, beating the wheat, threshing the wheat, it's totally different, isn't it? We've got animals there who are trampling down the, the corn and, and then they're using the wind to blow the chaff away and catch the grain and then make it into bread. It's a totally different place. But I want to tell you today, could the wine press be a place of growth and preparation? Could it be a place of transformation? Could the wine press be a place of transition? Grapes to wine, bread, wheat to bread. Could it be an opportunity to go from glory to glory? 
want you to picture the story. Here's the angel. It's not just an ordinary angel. This is the angel of the Lord. He's sitting under the tree and he's watching Gideon beat wheat. Do you know, actually when Gideon was beating the wheat, God saw him going through the same thing as the wheat. Gideon was going through the same thing. He was being beaten by his enemies in the wine press, wasn't he? And you know, God is watching you too. He's sitting, watching, perhaps you beating wheat and what you're going through. But he hasn't abandoned you. He's with you. Transition can be extremely uncomfortable, but it can produce fruit. Transition and transformation produce sometimes some unstable environments and your emotions rise. Have you ever been to the gym where I'm happy to get on the walking machine or the you do the spinning or the bench press? It's, it's lovely and stable, isn't it? But have you tried those giant balls? Have you tried to get on those? They are extremely unstable. But you know what they do? They create core strength. So your transition could feel unstable. It could feel like your emotions are rising. You're like, what on earth is happening here? But in the abandonment, God was still with him. Even though Gideon felt weak and insecure, and he couldn't understand, he's asking God, why can't you deliver the Israelites just like you did before? We get angry with God too, don't we? When we say, why can't you do it? Why can't you do it the way you, way you did it before? You see, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, God doesn't work for us. He knows better. Transformation threw Gideon into this conflict because God saw Gideon and he saw in Gideon what he couldn't see in himself. I think that's really important to take away. If you're beating wheat, God can see something in you that you can't see in yourself. There's more in you. Don't worry. God will find you in the everyday life of faithfulness and responsibility. And he will withdraw you from the wine press to do great things, to fight battles together with him, to do extraordinary things that he's promised. Ordinary people. It's like you and I doing extraordinary things. He says he fought the battle as if one, he was just one man. That's how powerful you are with God. See, everyone goes on this journey in growing with God, being an apprentice, being a disciple of Jesus to move from wine press to warrior. But first of all, we need to grow in confidence in God. This is how Gideon started his journey. He kept asking, he says, could I have a sign of encouragement? Could I know that I'm on the right path? And God is so merciful. He is so patient with us. And he wants to grow us, even though we sometimes feel like we have no faith at all. He is there and he's helping us. And Gideon had to discover who he was. He thought he was weak, but he wasn't. He's a warrior. He was a warrior. And these words of God, they brought him confidence. He said, go, I'm sending you. And the Lord said to him, I'll be with you. You'll destroy the Midianites as if you're fighting with one man. That 
Gideon's confidence. Is your default response to God, I'm too weak? Are you making choices because of who you think you are? Are you hanging with the wrong crowd because that's who you think you are? Or is your behavior a certain way because you think that's who I am? When we read and understand what the word says, it becomes our encouragement. It's our confidence in knowing who God is, but also in knowing who you are. Don't be surprised when you read the Bible and say, is that me? That is you. Gideon asked for signs. We're not into big into asking God for signs, but his word is what gives us the confidence. Gideon had to grow in his priorities. God asked him quite a, a difficult thing. They were idol worshippers, and he said, I want you to go and take your father's prize bull, and I want you to kill it, and I want you to take the idol of Baal and sacrifice it, because I want to be first place in your life. If we are going to go from the wine press to warrior, we should probably expect to be growing privately before being used publicly. Gideon had to tear down Baal and put God first. Is he growing you in your priorities? He's always stretching us in our priorities. In this modern day society, we don't have stone idols or physical idols perhaps that we, we bow down to, but we definitely do have some technology idols that we have in our back pockets. We carry them day and night, or they're next to our beds. We've sports idols, we've time-stealing idols. What do you need to tear down? God just won't be second best. He's a jealous God. His, his full intention is, is he's going to lead you out of the wine press. He needs your full attention. Maybe God's challenging you in your private life. Are you viewing pornography? Is it addictive habits? Is it lying, your bad temper, an integrity issue? God is still with you while you beat in the wheat. But sometimes you need to shake off the things that are holding you back to discover your core values. He will grow you in your private life before taking you out of the wine press. Where is he challenging you? Gideon was a server. He served in an unnoticed way. He was invisible to the world. He was in that wine press, but God saw him. All leadership begins with serving, and God is going to grow you in those steps of service before you become public. Are you serving with the gifts God has given you, unnoticed, in your church family, in your connect group? Gideon served absolutely selflessly in the wine press to feed his family. And he moved from warrior to military leader, judge, to save a nation. He grew in obedience. You know, Gideon was totally unwilling to lead unless God led him and called him. He depended on God for his every move, for his every turn. He removed the idol, he reduced the army, and... On two occasions, he reduced the army, and it was all on God's instructions. Are we going to do what God tells us to do, or are we only going to do what we like doing? 
are we going to be like my son Andrew and say, I can do. And he used to stamp his feet, I can do. And be hard and not want to learn and want, not want to grow. God calls us to obey him because success is in obeying him. It's acting in obedience to him. You know that your obedience becomes the answer to somebody else's prayer. Your obedience becomes some parents out there is praying for their child for a certain thing. And your obedience could be that answer. Obedience prepares us to be used in extraordinary ways. Obedience moves you from the winepress to the warrior. So let us grow. Shall we as disciples of Christ, let us grow in confidence in God's word, in priorities, in serving, and in obedience. Another way that Gideon had to grow was learning the unconventional and unorthodox ways that God fought battles. He had different type of weapons to what we have God's ways are just not our ways, are they? His ways take you from glory to glory, from the wine press to the warrior, and the way he does it astounds you. So I want you to get ready for exciting days ahead. Listen to this verse. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are beyond anything you could ever imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, we've been given weapons for victory. God knows who you are. He's sitting by the winepress. He knows exactly who you are. But do you know who he is in the battle? Gideon's first weapon he was given was God's peace. The Lord gave him reassurances he asked for for the battle, and God gave him the strongest, most wonderful weapon, and that was his peace. This is the first time that it shows up in the Bible. God revealed himself to Gideon as Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. He said to them, peace be with you. Do not fear You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there and he called it, the Lord is peace. Do you know him as your peace in the battle? Have you built an altar of peace in your life that when there's battles raging, you know where to go? He is my peace in the battle. Peace, Jehovah Shalom, it means so much more than just peace. It's completeness. It's safety, it's health, it's prosperity, it's tranquility, soundness, well-being, protection. You know, when God's peace fills you, you're actually unsinkable in the battle. Peace takes us from winepress to warrior. Gideon's second weapon was God's strength. Would you join Gideon's army? 300 men, a man who only had experience with a sickle. Is that why so many left in fear? Fighting 135,000 Midianites with torches, jars, horns. To me and you, I think that wouldn't be the best approach to fight 
the Midianites would have. But the weapon that God had given him was his strength when he felt weak. The Lord said to him, I'll be with you. You will destroy these Midianites as if you are fighting one man. You see, one man with God is a majority. I want to read this in Corinthians. I haven't put it up on the slide. It's, it's too many words. But in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 30, it tells us there who God, who God chooses. Listen to this. Brothers and sisters, Consider who you were when God called you. Not many wise scholars by human standards. Not many of you were in positions of power. Not many of you were considered elite when you answered God's call. But God chose those whom the world considers foolish. To shame those who think that they're wise. And God chose the puny. He chose the powerless to shame the high and mighty. He chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, nobodies, so that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede that what is regarded as prominent. There would be no place for boastfulness in God's presence. God chose the most ordinary people to do extraordinary don't feel weak he is your strength he gives us this weapon of strength he says in 2 corinthians 12 9 my grace is sufficient my strength is made perfect in your weakness that victory that day didn't come from any ability that gideon had God was the one who said, get rid of the fearful men. Choose only the men who stood and lapped because he wanted alert, ready to go, watching warriors that were going to battle with him. Gideon couldn't boast at all. But God did unbelievable things through Gideon. His strength takes you from wine press to warrior. The third weapon was the word of God that Gideon had. Following all the words of instructions that were given to him about the 300 men, they finally came to the battle and they blew the trumpets at the same time, smashing the jars. And they were shouting, they were shouting something. It said, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That sword is mentioned again in Ephesians, isn't it? Ephesians 6, verse 17. Sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. When they shouted the sword of the Lord, they are using the word of God and of Gideon. What are we going to put in our mouths? The word of God will take us from wine press to warrior if you put it in your mouth. So it's much the word of God, the word of the Lord, and Claire, the word of the Lord, and Wayne, the word of the Lord, and Christine, and we take down the enemies. You don't need physical swords. This word sword works day and night out of your mouth, powerful, bringing down the enemies. The word of God will take you from wine press to warrior. The fourth weapon that Gideon had was the Holy Spirit's empowerment. 
God loves unconventional ways of fighting and winning victories. He's not limited to numerical strength, big battalions, familiar tried strategies. He's just not into us winning in our own strength. He's not into us winning in the I can do mode. Because <laughs> he wants the glory. He wants the victory. He wins the battle by his spirit in us. It's a step-by-step with the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, when I told you about Andrew learning to play the piano, Wayne played one side, he played the other. It's this lead, step-by-step. When Andrew first did his exam, his first exam, he didn't do it by himself. He did it as a duet. And so his teacher played the one side and he played the other because he was just tiny. We are led by God. We are led by the Holy Spirit. Zechariah says, not by might. It's not by power. But it's going to be by his spirit that we win these battles. Gideon, he was desperate for this confirmation all the time. Am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right path? And he, he brought this offering when the angel of the Lord was sitting at the side of the winepress. And he brought this meat and broth and bread and he put it on this rock. And the angel of the Lord took the stick and touched the rock and a fire came out of the rock and it just consumed the bread, the meat, and the broth. I think it's got a spiritual symbolism. The rock is Christ. The fire is the Holy Spirit. And it consumes the flesh. Was God trying to say to Gideon, you won't do this by your flesh. Watch my spirit just consume flesh and win this victory for you. Don't be afraid of losing. Don't become fearful of new ways of doing things in the Holy Spirit. Focus on the win. Focus on the God possibilities. Focus on what God said and who he said you are in your spirit, man. You see, the Holy Spirit clothes you not only clothes you, but is inside of you. Gideon, when he blew the horn, wanting 300 men to come, the, uh, well, it was more. It was 32,000 of them that he first blew the horn, and they all came from all over the land. It said the Holy Spirit clothed Gideon when he blew that horn. The Holy Spirit clothes you and lives inside of you. You are powerful. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead Can any of us defy death? What an awesome power that resides on the inside of you. Let's focus on the spirit inside of us and how we can do mighty things with God on the inside of us. See, our weapons, they are peace. They are strength. They are the word of God and the Holy Spirit. I don't see any swords or grenades. Do you? His weapons, his ways are totally different to our ways, but they're winning weapons. Are you willing to explore life? Are you willing to take a step? God's looking for people who don't look at problems. He's looking for people 
who get excited about solutions. He's looking for people who will look for a way to overcome adversity. He's looking for pioneering spirits. He's looking for people who are unafraid and who are prepared to be vulnerable, who are willing to take faith steps. He's looking for people that he can grow and disciple and give weapons to. Gideon took this step into the wine press. He chose to work even though it was hard. It was the most unconventional place to beat wheat. Do you know that all fruit starts out hard? takes time to ripen. How do you think it felt to move Lazarus's stone from the tomb? I think it must have been pretty hard, but I think it was worth it, don't you? When Andrew was trying to learn the piano and suddenly changed from chords to classical or jazz music, it was tough, it was hard, it was stretching. <laughs> but let's not get put off by the hard, shall we? Let's not get put off by hard and risk and failure. Do you know that you're not walking this tightrope of failure with God sitting on the side waiting for you to drop off? He's, he's got the Holy Spirit as your safety net. He's not standing there waiting for you to fall off the tightrope. He's, he's actually saying, hold it there, Claire. Keep it there. Just, just balance. Just He's there watching and waiting and helping you the whole way through. Do you know that not knowing who you are is a big problem? God saw who Gideon could be from the very first conversation he had with him. He knew who he was. Do you know who you are? We need to discover who we are and grow from glory to glory. God was with Gideon every step of the way to victory. Are you on your way to being this giant killer or this game changer or a pioneer? You know, God saw your potential before you were born. Have you looked at Jeremiah 1, 45? It says, he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. How? In the spirit. You're in the image of Christ. He knew you before. He knew what you looked like before you were born. Before you were even in your mother's womb, he knew you. I don't know, some people are like me. Do you ever feel like there's something else on the inside of you? In the back of your mind, there's this, there's this constant nagging in your mind to know I'm more than this. There's this, while you're beating in the wine press, your circumstances, they're not reflecting who you truly are. While you're wrestling and you're beating that wheat and it's saying, I'm, you're too old and you're wrestling and you're beating and, and you say, I can't be happy here on the ground because I know I'm supposed to fly. I'm wrestling and I'm beating those wheat and I know I sh- I'm seeing colors and everyone else is seeing black and white. I'm beating this wheat and I can see God possibilities and no one says anything. There's more. There's something more in the inside of you and me. Gideon had to drop the wheat and he had to go and start living. He had to go start living for God. Are you prepared to drop the wheat and go live? 
Go live for God. Go, go and pick up those, what you're wrestling with. It's you. It's who he, he called you to be. Pick up that word of God that he put on the inside of you. The reality is God wants to do something amazing with your life. He wants to do extraordinary things and take you from glory to glory, to take you step by step. And watch God take you to your 300 men. See, Gideon, he went from zero to hero. Military judge to leader, he went from wine press to warrior. It's time to grow. It's time to grow in our confidence in God and who he sees us as. To show you who you really are. He saw you before you were formed. I want you to think about leaning into the season of transition. To lean into the season of growth. Drop the wheat. Look into the word of God and begin to reflect be transformed by the Spirit of God. I'm going to call the band up and they're going to play softly for a moment. This, this word is, I think it's for individuals, but I also think it's for PCF as a corporate church. We're in this time of transition, feeling like you're beating wheat, and we see, we know we're more than this. But God needs to grow us. Corinthians says that we should draw close. Draw close to him so that the veil can be removed. Take away the veil so that we can be mirrors and reflect his glory. Be transfigured into the very image. Transfiguration comes when we face to face with the Lord and his spirit. You know, his goodness and his mercy just follows us all the days of our lives. The boundary lines have fallen in good places for us. If you're following him, he's given you the best. Let's stand.